While You Were Folding, Season 2, Episode 1, Acting Like a Daughter. Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things. Lately, that's faith, marriage, parenting, books, homeschooling, life in the country, and the messy moments in between. I've been a wife to Philip for 13 years and a mother for 11. We have six kids on earth, one in heaven, and they teach us something new every day. I'm not an expert, but it is my prayer that this show will be a conversation starter on the things that matter, as well as some of the things that are just fun, and that you'll share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with an opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of being back to recording Thank you for my loved ones who nudged me to get back to doing this. It is so life-giving and it is just awesome to be able to do something just for the fun of it. And I'm bringing that up in prayer because I know so many of my friends and loved ones and moms that I know don't always do a good job of taking the time for the things that are life-giving because they might think that it's selfish. So I'd like to pray this week, Father, that anyone who listens to this show might also have that nudge to find out what it is that you've put in each of our hearts, the talents that you've given us, the ways that you know we can serve the world that you've given to us, Um, just to be trusting that you've given us those talents and gifts for a reason. And that it's not for our own glorification, but to share more about you and your love for each of us. And that it doesn't matter if whatever that talent is, is only ever seen within the four walls of our home. That if you've put a call upon our hearts and it's something that you're asking of us, that if we live in faithfulness and obedience and trust, that when we do those things, that it will be life-giving, not just for us, but also for those that we serve. So I bring that intention to you this week. I ask you to pour out your blessings upon all the listeners and that each of us can draw closer to you through being good stewards of the gifts that you've given us. I ask this through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, I'm back. It has been so long since I have recorded an episode. And if you are a longtime listener, it's so great to have you back. If you are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to While You Were Folding. I'm Catherine Boucher. And like I said in my introduction, I'm a wife and mother. I have six kids and I am making this whole thing up as I go. This podcast is just a fun, creative outlet, and I'm thrilled to be back to it. Um, So here's what's going to happen. So last episode was March 2020. That was talking about being two weeks into coronavirus. And holy cow, who would have thought here we would be October 2021 still talking about it. 
Um, but things got kind of crazy and I needed a little breather, but I'm back. And I thought today I would just give you a real, like super quick <laughs> overview of what's been happening in my neck of the woods and then jump into today's topic, which is acting like a daughter and then do a new segment that I'm calling show and tell. That's where I jump into sharing something that I'm reading lately, some kids book titles, maybe a homeschooling breakthrough that I had talking about living in the country, whatever. So that's what's happening. We're going to do a quick overview today's topic and then close with some show and tell. All right. So, um, Let's see the super quick Cliff's Notes version of what's been happening. So last episode, like I already said, that was back in March of 2020. I went to the Great Homeschool Convention in Houston, and that was on a Thursday. And then our kids had their last day of school at their Catholic school on a Friday because of COVID. And then I got home from the conference on Sunday, and it was weird and scary, and I didn't like being away. And then things shut down and we started distance learning that Monday and it was absolutely wackadoodle. So we finished out the school year 2020, um, May 2020 by doing distance learning. At that point, we had three kids in our awesome Catholic school. And those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know, our choice to homeschool had nothing to do with our parish Catholic school. It just had everything to do with us wanting to embrace the homeschool lifestyle. Um, but distance learning was not my favorite. <laughs> it was very difficult. Um, and those first couple of months with COVID, it, if I'm really honest, it was really scary with Philip being a pediatrician, being exposed on a regular basis and having all of the anxiety and stress of all of the unknowns, whether or not the virus lived on surfaces and then the isolation, the division and the difficulty of being married to a physician who is our sole income provider. Um, yeah, it was really scary and really stressful. But we found our new normal and finished out the school year doing distance learning. And then we were live streaming mass, going on daily walks, and things felt like they were in a really good place. But we didn't have a whole lot to do while things were shut down. So we had already planned on starting homeschooling for the le- for the next year, for 2020, 2021. So we decided let's just start our homeschooling year early because we had nothing better to do. (laughs) So after the 4th of July, 2020, we started homeschooling. And then in August, we had our awesome full-time nanny start with us. And I don't know why I'm still allergic to using the word nanny. I don't know. I think it has something to do with the connotations of what it means for someone to have a nanny, but you know what? I have finally embraced that. We made room for our budget for this to happen. And it has brought so much peace and joy to our family to have Jessica come aboard and become part of our family. And she has been such a blessing to our family. The idea in the beginning was that Dorothy and Gloria, those are currently our five and two-year-olds. So the idea was that Jessica would play with them while I did school with the older three, and then we'd be done in the early afternoon. 
and that everyone would take a nap. And that has been huge with my autoimmune disease that I've been able to get the rest that I need most days. Um, and things went beautifully and they've still gone great as far as homeschooling goes. And, um, so yeah, we started in July of 2020 and I'll talk more about homeschooling and what it looks like and what's working and what's not another time. And then in September of 2020, we started talking about having another baby and not putting our lives on hold because of the pandemic. And then found out in October that we were expecting a baby. And then two days after I found out I was pregnant, Philip tested positive for COVID. <laughs> and then I started hemorrhaging and thought that I was miscarrying. But fortunately, things resolved with the bleeding. And I went on to have a relatively normal first trimester for myself. I was super sick for the next several months, actually, all throughout the pregnancy. Um, but despite all of that, God showed up big time. Homeschooling continued to go great. And then in February 2021, we had my 20-week ultrasound and my high-risk pregnancy because of my autoimmune disease and my age ended up being a really, really high-risk pregnancy. I was diagnosed with vasoprevia and the punchline is that if I were to go into labor on my own, um, when the water would break, the umbilical vessels were across my cervix and the pressure of the baby pushing on that umbilical vessel would cause it to rupture and baby would bleed out and I would probably severely hemorrhage as well. So it was a very, very high risk pregnancy. And we had a huge roller coaster ride with all of that, lots of ups and downs until I eventually delivered in May and things were scary, but my doctors were on top of it. And we have our beautiful baby, Helen, uh, who's with us. And maybe in a future episode, I'll share more of that. So summer was basically consumed with the newborn fog and recovery I had my first C-section. Um, so I would say that things have been a lot harder and other than the C-section harder physically for a lot of other reasons. But on top of all of that, we uh, were building a home throughout all of this past year. And we listed our previous home, sold it in July, and then packed and started our homeschooling year. And then in August... We moved, unpacked, and resumed our homeschool year. And then September and into this month, October, I think we're finally starting to exhale and unpack the insanity of the past two years. <laughs> and oh yes, on top of all of that, Philip just announced that he is starting his own direct primary care pediatric practice from scratch. So... um yeah, we've had a lot going on, praying through a lot of things. I feel like you hear these lists of people talk about the most st stressful life events and transitions, and I feel like we covered all of them <laughs> the past couple of years. Um, so yeah, I'll be unpacking more on all of that in future episodes. 
But I share all of that to say that these past two years have been full of some of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And life is still really full, but I have been feeling the tug to get back to recording this podcast as a creative outlet because it is so life-giving. And I don't know about you, but for me, when my plate is full, when I have more going on in my life, I manage my time much better and having the discipline to get down here to the basement to record and be held accountable from the while you are folding community is really helpful. So I am very excited. Thank you to all of you who have sent messages of encouragement or have nudged me for the past couple years to get back on here. I look forward to resurrecting this weekly conversation starter with all of you. Okay, let's jump into this week's topic. So I call this episode acting like a daughter. And believe it or not, (laughs) I decided on this topic well before the lovely ladies on the Abiding Together podcast started their series on identity and being a daughter. If you have not listened to the last couple episodes of the Abiding Together podcast on being a daughter, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Please go and check it out. But (laughs) I just think it's so hilarious because God has a way of just completely hitting me over the head with things when he wants me to learn something. And I think I would compare it to when you buy a car, suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere on the road. It's like everyone all of a sudden drives the same car that you have. (laughs) I hope you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, that's okay. But in my spiritual life, it's the same thing. I'll start hearing the same thing everywhere I look. It's every spiritual book that I read, every scripture that I open up to. And right now, everything that I'm praying about, listening to, learning about, it's all about becoming a daughter, learning how to act like a daughter. And I had the most amazing opportunity to go on a retreat a couple weeks ago. And the wonderful priest who led our retreat, his name is Father Scott Harder. Father Scott is such a treasure. I hope that all of those who get to be in contact with him are praying for him. He is doing beautiful work, and he was such a treasure for the women who were on this retreat. And his message ties in so beautifully to today's topic about acting like a daughter. He shared a story about how, I don't know how old he would have been at the time, but he grew up in a family with four older sisters and his sisters had grown up and were all moved out of the house. And he was the only one left at home. And he was having a day where he was feeling sad about it and had decided to go talk to his mom about it. And his mom told him to go talk to his dad about it. So he decided, okay, I'm going to go talk to my dad. And his dad was in the middle of giving himself a haircut in the bathroom. And so Scott, Father Harder, went and stood in the doorway and was starting to open up to his dad and said, you know, dad, I'm missing the girls. And his dad was kind of distracted. 
If you're a mom, you know exactly what that's like. You're in the middle of something and a little one comes along and wants to have a conversation with you. It's not always a great time. Some of us have not always responded in grace. So when he shared that story, that's instantly what I thought about. But his dad, um, nothing malicious, just said, you know, that he was busy. And then Father Scott was talking more about how he was missing the girls. And I guess his dad said something along the lines of, you know, get over it, buck up, move on kind of thing. And he said from that moment on, it wasn't like his dad was trying to be malicious or anything like that, but he had learned from that moment, just his feelings were not, he was going to shut it all in. He wasn't going to reach out anymore. And he started making a vow to himself that he wasn't going to depend on his dad, that he was going to change the way that he acted as a son because of that. And then Father Scott went on to say that a lot of us will say that our parents did the best they could, but he wants us to pause and think about that. Because if our parents always did the best they could, then they'd be saints. They'd be canonized as saints. But our parents, they're human. And unless they are a saint, they're going to mess up just like we are messing up as parents, if we're blessed to have children of our own. And Father Scott, this line, it's going to stick with me for a really long time, and I'm still chewing on it. He said, I was being a good son by going to my father. I was being a good son. And he was, because it's exactly how God designs us, that when we're sad and scared or angry, that we go to our parents and share it with them. And he shared a story about going to a parishioner's house. I think he was there for dinner. And they must have had after dinner conversation carry on into the evening. He's sitting at the table with the mom and dad and the family had a toddler. I think he was three or four years old. So the three or four year old is down the hall in bed. They have already tucked him in and they're still talking around the dinner table. And all of a sudden there's a thunderstorm and a loud rumble, and there's a little voice yelling from down the hall, cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. It's the little boy (laughs) asking for what he needs. And how awesome is that? Little kids, they instinctively know to ask, they know what they need, and then they ask for it. And darn it, we mess it up (laughs) for them. As adults, we teach them to pull it together, suck it up, get over it, move on. And I had the exact same kind of scene just a couple of weeks ago with our two-year-old Gloria. She was tired. I think it was even a Monday. And she was just kind of grouchy and everything that anyone said or did was making her fall apart. And she finally she took this really deep sigh, deep breath, and she sighed. And she looked up at me and she said, hold me. And so I picked her up. And as I'm holding her, I looked over at our nanny, Jessica, and I said, wow, she's two years old and she knows how to ask for what she needs. I'm going to turn 37 this year. And I half the time don't know what I need, let alone how to ask for it. And she's already got it figured out. And I gave her a hug and I told her how proud I was of her that she asked for what she needed. And then I think later that day I was realizing 
man, how many times have I tried to talk her out of her feelings? Tried to tell her, oh no, you're fine. Or like Father Scott talking about the story with his dad. Get over it if you're upset. Move on kind of thing. And one of the evenings while I was on retreat, I had a lot of time on this retreat. There were a couple different group activities or crafts, but we were in the most beautiful outdoor scenery. And after being at home during COVID in this crazy pandemic, I was needing a lot of interior time, just some time to listen to God. And so I spent a lot of time going off on my own and, um, there is a beautiful outdoor chapel. And I've been sitting with this book that's called When God is Silent, Finding Spiritual Peace Amid the Storms of Life. It's written by Archbishop Luis Martinez. And um, Archbishop Luis, he was born in the 1880s and he died in the 1950s. He's from Mexico. And the book is all about, the title sounds like God deserts you when God is silent. But the whole book is about how those moments when it seems like God is being silent, that that's some of the most fruitful interior interior spiritual work that he's doing in our lives. And I felt like everything that weekend was overlapping with the daughter series on the Abiding Together podcast and the story that Father Scott was reading. And I had picked out this book just on a whim from my nightstand of books that have been waiting for me to read. And I don't know why, well, I know why I picked that one because God wanted me to. (laughs) Um, But that book, it talks about that scene. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. When Jesus tells his disciples to get in the boat and to go go across to the other side, and he's sleeping in the boat, and there's a huge storm. And it seems like the waves are going to sink the boat. And the disciples, they wake him and they say, don't, don't you care? Do you not care if we perish? And he rebukes the storm, but not them. He asks them why they don't have any faith. But I think that whole story makes me think back to the story of Genesis when Adam and Eve, they messed up. And then they go and they hide themselves in the garden and God comes looking for them. And he says, where are you? And I heard Father John Ricardo talk about that passage. And I know I've talked about it on this podcast before. How we hear his voice when he asks, where are you? It tells us so much about how we view him and how we think about how he fathers us. If we hear him asking Adam and Eve, where are you? Like, where are you? like a really angry dad who's ticked off with his kids who broke something or messed something up, we're going to live in fear. We're not going to soften into our lives as daughters in the way that he wants us to. So I think when I picture that scene of Jesus being on the boat, he's in the storm and they're asking, Jesus, don't you care if we perish? And he rebukes the storm and he turns to them and he asks, why didn't they have any faith? I I like to think that he didn't ask them in that angry tone that I always, growing up, I thought of God using that angry tone in the garden. And that's probably more informative of me. It's definitely more informative of me than it is of the Father. So I like to think of Jesus's tone 
when he talks to the disciples, not angry, not accusatory, but questioning with this sincere curiosity of, don't you have any faith? Don't you know that I love you? Don't you know I've got it? That's why I was sleeping. (laughs) And, oh, it's like, I'll get to this image in a minute. But in that book by Archbishop Luis Martinez, he talks about two of the most important reasons for God's silence. And I have to grab this book. I've got it right here. So he talks a lot about St. Therese of Lisieux, how she says that doctors put their patients to sleep in order to perform operations. And this quote, it says, It is likewise necessary for Jesus to place souls under a holy sedative, into complete darkness, into absolute unconsciousness, to accomplish in them divine operations. When this occurs, the soul thinks Jesus is sleeping. Then it goes on to say, we wouldn't be able to endure it if we were awake, that it's an act of mercy, that he does it in the silence of it seeming like he's asleep. And then the second most important reason that Archbishop Martinez gives for God's silence, he says, together with the grace of suffering, spiritual tempests bring the grace of humility, a new deep humility that that hollows out in the soul a void so immense that God fits into it. So he'll allow these huge storms in our lives because it brings us to a humble place. It allows us to be in touch with our littleness like St. Therese. And when we're in touch with that littleness, he's able to hollow out space within our souls so that he can come in. Because until we're made low and little, we're so full of our ego, so full of ourselves that we don't leave room for him. And so all of these different things are intersecting on this weekend. I'm reading this book, When God is Silent. I've been listening to the Abiding Together podcast on my way out to the retreat. Father Scott Harder is sharing about his experience with his dad and learning how to put up walls. And then I listened to him tell the story about the toddler saying, cuddle. And so it's created this image for me putting together with this book that I was reading during adoration in a holy hour. So I want you to picture a little girl. It's the middle of the night and the girl's been tucked in by her mom and dad and her siblings are in their bedroom next door and mom and dad go to their room for the evening down the hall and there's a huge thunderstorm. And the little girl, just like that boy, starts yelling, cuddle, cuddle. But mom and dad must be really tired because (laughs) they have not been getting a lot of sleep. And so the little girl decides that she, being the good daughter that she is, just like Father Scott was being a good son by going to his father, she's going to go down the hall. So she goes to her parents' room and she pulls back their cover And she gets in on her dad's side because she knows that he has a soft spot for her. And 
in my family, that's totally true. They know that their dad has a soft spot for the little girls, especially. And I want you to picture that little girl getting it on her dad's side and resting with her head on his chest. And she doesn't want to wake him because she knows that he's there and that he loves her and she feels his breath on her hair and she listens to his heartbeat and it comforts her just being next to him. She knows that she doesn't have to wake him up. (laughs) And as an aside, I'd have to say that this image doesn't quite work for our house because (laughs) our kids have never come to our beds. They know that they're our bed. They know that they're not allowed So maybe we'll unpack that more (laughs) in another episode, but, um, it's more like the kids would holler from down the hall until we come, but we'll pretend for the sake of this image to work (laughs) that this is how it is in all of our households. So picturing that little girl resting on her dad with her ear to his heart, listening to his heartbeat. And it's like that with God, the father. When he sleeps, it's like the dad in that image. He's not doing nothing. He's there. His presence is enough for that little girl to feel comforted. And God the Father invites us to do the same thing. He invites us to be there with him. He asks us to trust that we can rest in him, that his love and his providence and his perfect timing are all that matters, that whatever storms, literal or figurative, are happening outside or even within the four walls of our home, that he's there and he's good and we can trust him, that he's not going to hold out on us. So this week, this is as much for me as it is for you, when you're feeling like Jesus is asleep in the boat, and you're about to drown. Maybe you're feeling like the father has abandoned you. And maybe whatever you're going through, you're really angry or you're scared or you're sad. I want all of us to be challenged this week to pray on what does it mean to act like I'm his daughter. Maybe I've previously put up walls because I've been told, like Father Scott, to buck up or get over it, or I've learned not to share my emotions. I I want to challenge myself and all of us to let go of that, to rebuke it. Father Scott talked a lot on that retreat about rebuking things in the name of Jesus, that he's given us that authority. So in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that my emotions are not good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not a good daughter. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I can't bring my messy feelings to the Father. I want to challenge all of us to remember that God can handle all of our emotions, all of them, the messy ones, the ones that we don't usually like to share, and that If we do bring them to him, if we go out on a limb and it feels like his answer is silence, to trust that that's really okay too. It's like that little girl in our image. We're putting our head on his chest and we know that he's there. 
that the storm is happening outside. And if we're talking about our heavenly father, he's allowed the storm to happen, but he is all powerful and he will rebuke the storms if that's what's best for us. But no matter the outcome, he's riding the waves with us. And if we'll allow him just to be next to us, we don't have to wake him. We don't have to be afraid to cling to him. He's not embarrassed by our neediness. Father Scott talked a lot on the retreat about being a child means you're needy and that's not bad. On the Abiding Together podcast, they talk about how we're afraid to impose on others, but being in relationship means that we let other people know our needs and our needs are not bad. They make us human. And to be a daughter, like Father Scott said, it means to be needy. We have needs that he's created within us. Like Father Martinez talks about in that book, the need that needs to be filled, but it's only going to be filled with him. So spend some time thinking about what your needs are. And if you have been stuffing them or being told, you've been told that they're not good, that they're not worthy of being shared or they're too much, bring them to the father. He wants to know all about it. Soften into your daughterhood this week. I challenge you to believe that you are his beloved daughter and that the father wants nothing but goodness and life to the full for you. So hand all of it over to him. Put your your ear down to his chest and listen to his heartbeat. And picture yourself in a dark room where the thunderstorm is clapping outside, but your dad's right there. And he's a good, loving father. And you can trust in him. All right, on to something a little bit lighter. I have the most fantastic children's book that I want to recommend. So I plan to end my episodes on While You Were Folding from now on with a segment that I'm going to call Show and Tell. And this is just where I share something that's bringing joy lately. So this week, I'd like to share about a children's picture book. It's called The Rabbit Listened by Corey Dorfeld. And I'll share a link to that in the show notes. So this book, I'm not going to do it justice. It's a picture book. So when you don't have the illustrations and someone's just describing it, I mean, I (laughs) am not Sarah McKenzie from the Read Aloud Revival, but I'll just pretend like I am for a second. Okay. So there is this adorable boy named Taylor who has a mound of messy curls and he's wearing these blue and white striped pajamas and he is so excited. He's building this tower of blocks and it topples over and one by one, a parade of animals comes over and each one has a different solution for Taylor. A chicken comes over and he wants to talk about it. And then a bear comes over and he wants to shout about it. And an elephant comes and he wants to remember how to build the tower so that they can rebuild it. The hyena wants to laugh about it. The ostrich wants to pretend like nothing happened. And so on and so on. 
But the problem is, Taylor doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to shout like the bear. He doesn't want to remember like the elephant or pretend like nothing happened like the ostrich. So one by one, all of the animals leave and Taylor is left all alone. But there's a little rabbit and the rabbit moves closer and closer until she's sitting right next to Taylor and they sit in silence. And the rabbit listened as Taylor talked, shouted, remembered, laughed, etc. And the rabbit never left. And he listened to Taylor until Taylor decided to share his plan to build again. And this book is just so great. And like I said, I'm not going to do it justice by just describing it. But when you have those pregnant pauses, when you're reading it and you have little ones next to you and you see these awesome facial expressions on the animals and Taylor, the whole story comes to life. So lately, Philip has been reading aloud to the older three. They're going through the Lord of the Rings trilogy while I read to my five and two-year-old. And the girls love this story. And they have noticed, after we've read the story a couple times, they've started to pick up on how helpful it is when someone just listens to them when they're upset. And the dedication page to this story is for the author's loved ones. And then uh, Corey says, it's also for everyone rebuilding. And I have to admit, I got a little weepy when I first read this book and came to the end. It is such a treasure When you have someone in your life, like the rabbit, who sits with you and lets you go through all of the emotions in your own time and is with you until you're ready to rebuild. And I love children's books so much because they can show all of those things without telling. And I recommend sharing this one with your family as a beautiful way to love each other. That's all that I've got for this week. It is so great to be back and I would love to include your voice on the show. I hope you will get in touch. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram or my favorite, send me a voicemail on Voxer. That's the free walkie talkie app so I can put your voice on the show. Just look for my name, Katherine Boucher. And if you like the show, please keep growing the While You Were Folding community by sharing it with a friend. That is my favorite way for the show to grow, just by word of mouth from all of you. That's how I find all of my favorite things from my friends sharing all of their favorite things. I'll include a link in the show notes if you're not sure how to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. That's another great way to grow the community of our podcast. It's a good way just to get the show in front of as many people as possible. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.